that I would only see my daughter for about an hour and a half every day. And to me, that was amazing. Like, I just thought, I can't, I can't even, it just seemed like somebody had punched me in the gut and I literally started crying. But I, I soldiered through the year. Um, and then I just realized, I, I can't do this. I just can't, I can't live this in my, I can't have this in my life. My ability to be healthy and feel like I'm at peace with myself, I can spend time with my children. It just completely overweighed any connection I had to teaching or the love for teaching. It just, it was a no brainer. Um, it was, a, it was a non-negotiable. So, you know, we come up to edges in our lives where we feel like we have to make this big and bold decision and we don't, we just get to tune into, well, what is it that feels really good to do? What would feel really good? Um, what would feel really good is if I followed my heart and my intuition and that voice that's getting louder and louder that says, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, hello, and welcome to Girl Skill Podcast, where twice a week we're having an insightful conversation with a kick-ass woman about her life story, her version of success, and her femininity, so we can all learn from the lessons she's learned along the way and apply it into our own lives too. And before we move on to yet another amazing episode of the Girl Skill Podcast, I wanted to officially announce and introduce you to the Girl Skill Power Tools Career and Business Edition PDF that is now available for free to download at Girl Skill skill.com slash business girlskill.com slash business as you by now know i've interviewed more than 50 women on female success and in every single episode i've asked them by the end of the episode to tell us all their recommended top tools and resources that help them stay productive happy and fulfilled and as you know if you've been a listener and if not you will see in this episode that um, you know I asked them what are some of the top apps that they're using some of the books that they highly recommend and then also people and they follow and podcasts they listen to and so what I've done I've really went into every single episode selected some of the best tools and resources from all these women and basically um, categorized them in different areas of life. So this specific edition is for career and business. And I know that for many, many of you, you'd love to have some kind of handy tool of all the two amazing tools and resources. And so this is what you get in this edition. And you can get them at girlskill.com business. It includes the top 40 apps, podcasts, books, and people to follow to for the modern woman who wants to take her own version of success in career or business to the next level. So again, go to girlskill.com business business and download it for free it's freaking awesome i've worked with a designer oh my god it's taking me so long but i've worked with a designer and also someone on my team to put it all together it's beautiful you will love it go to girlskill.com business to download it now Okay, so first of all, I just wanted to thank all of you for being with me, for listening, for sharing on Facebook your favorite episodes, for leaving reviews, and it's because of you this podcast exists. And you know, I just can't imagine you just walking, commuting to work or coming down for work and listening to all these amazing episodes and to me. So I want to thank you for, you know, letting me be in your ears and uh, sharing the inspiration and motivation that I get from all these episodes and through my life as well. We are slowly approaching more than 200 downloads per episode 
world, which is freaking amazing. I didn't even think that we will get to this level um, in such a short amount of time because we just launched a couple of months ago. And if you're listening to it after, know that we have gone beyond that. <laughs> so I just want to really, really thank you because it's because of you uh, this podcast exists. It's because of you I'm moving forward and, you know, I'm getting on calls with you and it's, it's, it's so amazing to just have such a personal connection. So if you ever feel like you want to tell me something or you've heard something amazing, please, please don't hesitate to uh, send me a message on Facebook or on Instagram or, you know, just email me. And having, talking about Instagram, I don't know if you know, but like I'm putting a lot of effort into making an amazing Instagram grid or profile. So if you're not following Girlskill on Instagram, please do. It's, you can find us at Girlskill Official. And basically you'll see there all of the episode covers where I tell you about all of the amazing episodes so you can get notified, but you can also visually see how a woman looks like and all of that and also read her, you know, her story. Also, what you can get is um, I share like wolves, women who run with wolves. I've shared very inspirational pictures on wolves and, you know, quotes from Clarissa Pinkel-Estes from the book Women Who Run With Wolves that provides you a bit of inspiration, motivation, and also share a bunch of quotes uh, from our episodes that are really powerful. And in general, visually, like this Instagram looks great. So if you want like visual inspiration, and also to be notified of the podcast, engage with other audience and just comment on each other's thing, then uh, please head to at Official. find us on Instagram and please follow us. All right. So let's get into this episode with Liana Jane Lewis today. Oh my God, this woman is amazing. Like I had such an amazing conversation with her. It's one of those conversations that is deep yet highly engaging and very profound. So Liana's story is very interesting because she basically transitioned from being a kindergarten teacher for more than 20 years into uh, actually a life coach and a yoga coach. I mean, she's a yoga teacher, but she's branching into life coaching. And she has uh, to share some incredible wisdom. She's a mindfulness coach as well. So she meditates. She teaches other people how to meditate and forms these like sisterhood circles and all of that. And so we really talk about that transition. Like how did she manage to trust herself when she realized that, you know, having a job that doesn't bring her joy anymore and that she doesn't allow her actually to spend a lot of time with her children and then stepping into the unknown, basically like trusting herself, moving, moving to another place, leaving her job, having two children, little girls, two beautiful little girls. And, uh, you know, she had the support of her husband, but it's still very, very scary. So we talk about all of that. We also talk about grief and how, you know, she's going right now through her um, father having a terminal illness and how she deals with that, how to share that on social media, how to stay true, true to yourself and actually be vulnerable. So this conversation is very, very deep and kind of, it's one of those heartfelt that you're like, yeah, man, everybody goes through this. So, but it's all going to be fine. I, I love Liana. She, she's amazing. And so, of course, stay until the end to find out one app that makes you, um, that makes your home a quieter, more inspiring place. Two people to follow for motivation and advice. Um, one book to read that will make you think about peace and the cost of violence and unrest. So very interesting. Uh, enjoy this episode and I'll see you at the end. Girl skill, female success redefined. All right. So today on Girl Skill Podcast, we have Liana Jane Lewis uh, from Canada. She's in the Toronto area. It's about 10.30 p.m. where she is. Uh, so I'm really excited. Hi, Liana. Welcome to Girl Skill. Woo woo. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So excited. Yeah. Um, you have an incredible story that I'm willing to share. And, you know, 
um, just let my listeners get a glimpse of who you are and, and what you do. And I feel like your story actually is going to be so uh, close to heart to a lot of my listeners because um, a lot of us are just starting our own journeys or jumping into the unknown and all of that. So <laughs> I feel like uh, it's going to be a really cool episode. But before we talk about that, as usual, uh, let's get to know you from like a different angle a little bit. So uh, Liana, what is your superpower? Ah, my superpower. I'm going to say multitasking, uh, as in doing five loads of laundry and making coffee and changing diapers and, you know, registering my child for school all in the span of five minutes. (laughs) Um, and then, (laughs) and, um, try not to lose my sanity and find the joy in all of that. Honestly, just the superpower of just being a mom and doing everyday stuff and still being grateful and in a space of gratitude and excitement. Yeah, I feel like so many women uh, would, I guess, relate to this superpower because so many of us mm-hmm. are doing everything at the same time. And a lot of us yeah. are just kind of feeling that that's our duty. And yeah. uh, I just feel like it's not always the case. So, <laughs> but still, uh, multitasking is, is a great power to have, especially if yes. you're really productive um, with it. So that's cool. All right, let's move on. What is the one thing that you cannot live without? Oh, my pillow. Oh, I wow. really... My pillow, my squishy pillow. I bring my pillow with me wherever I go. <laughs> for like a quick nap or for, for a quick hug or is it like your angry pillow or? <laughs> it's, it's actually, I've, I've cried into my pillow. I've screamed into my pillow. Um, but mostly it's just, it's that, that thing that brings me comfort every single night. Mm, interesting. I I've love never my heard, pillow. I never heard anyone say pillow, uh, <laughs> but I love your answer. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good, good thing to have that you can't live without. Yeah. Awesome. All yeah. right. Um, name one person, dead or alive, that you'd like to have dinner with. Ooh, this is going to be a little bit cliche, but I'm going to say Oprah. Mm. I'm actually not a massive Oprah fan in that I've watched her and followed her for years. But she keeps kind of showing up for me, and I just, I really appreciate her journey, and I really appreciate how she leverages her ability to speak to millions of women, and her message is based on these powerful universal truths that I I absolutely love, and I know that I'm not the only one because she's Oprah. (laughs) So I would just love to just have coffee with her and talk with her and just get to know her not just her message. I get her message, but I just love to see and be with her in person and be in that energy. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. you're right. Oprah is this cliche kind of person that every woman totally. wants to have dinner with, right? Totally. But for me, totally. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm not like a massive fan. In fact, I'm not a massive fan of some someone that everybody follows and talks about. For some mm-hmm. reason, I have kind of, advert, I guess, resistance towards, oh, if everybody's following opera talking about opera i guess i'm not mm-hmm. gonna follow opera but yeah for yeah. sure i mean she's a woman that has so many lessons and wisdom and her journey as you said and i know yeah. that right now everybody's talking about her being the president and whatever and <laughs> and she said that, that you know, yeah she said that she's not she's not the type of personality or something which is uh interesting but yeah awesome okay cool uh so leanne what is your biggest fear Ooh. Not being enough. Mm. 
not living the truths and the messages that I share with the people that follow me or that I'm connected with. Uh, right now, my biggest fear is speaking about my own journey with my dad, who's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And there's this massive, un undeniable voice that keeps saying, share that, share that, speak from that place. And I have a fear about doing that because it's like this Pandora's box that could open. But also there's this fear of like, what would my mom say? Would my mom call me and be like, this is too much. Don't, it's too uncomfortable. People don't want to hear that. So my biggest fear is doing the thing that I teach, other, <laughs> teach my clients to do, which is live in honor and speak your truth and be that and embody that in everything you do and say. Interesting. I uh, Let's mm -hmm. talk about this further in the episode because I think so mm -hmm. many women, I mean, I struggle with it myself. You know, I have an undeniable truth that's mm -hmm. within me and currently it's, you know, sharing the girl skill message and how do we stay mm -hmm. feminine and lead in a feminine way without being men and all of that. And I constantly yeah. have that of like, oh my God, like how, what are mm -hmm. they going to say and who, how are they going to judge me and all of that? So mm -hmm. let's talk about this a bit, uh, a bit later. Uh, I just have mm -hmm. a couple of quick questions for you. Um, what is the hardest part about being a woman? Oh, for me, um, accepting, fully accepting, uh, and fully embracing my new body as, as a mom. I mean, mm. my abs have still not come back together here. Like it's constant, like, you know, just, just that stuff. Like, honestly, having to like cross your legs when you're about to sneeze because you don't want to pee your pants. Like, this is the truth here. This is, this has been very hard to fully embrace and accept about being a mom and, and really those physical changes and, and how they manifest in your, your ability to see yourself differently and accept that fully. Mm, interesting. So you are, how yeah. old are your children? I know you have two beautiful kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two girls. Uh, one is three and a half going into kindergarten in September, which is crazy. <laughs> and then the other is 20 something months. You kind of lose track with the second, but she's going to be two at the end of April. So they're just very, very young, very need their moms. Yeah, and you're stepping into this new journey of also starting your own yeah. business and transitioning. So we're going to talk about all that. But yeah, you know, so, so <laughs> what you said about the body is incredible. Like, I'm not a mom, but I'm I'm hoping until this year. Like, this year is my motherhood year, I guess. So we're, we're, we want to, we want to be <laughs> expecting. Uh, but I yeah. never, I guess, you know, once you're a mother, there's so many things that change. And I keep hearing about it. I'm like, what is this thing? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering if that's going to happen to me as well. So it's, um, yeah, this whole transformation, body transformation, I'm, I'm guessing like it has yeah. such a profound ex effect. And, and also it's a journey of acceptance as well of what is and, and um, just being content with it, I suppose. But of course, like I can't talk about this because I haven't experienced it and I can't even imagine how it feels like. But I know a lot of the listeners are probably sitting there's like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> like I feel the same way. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what's gonna happen in my <laughs> I will be prepared because you know I'm having these conversations and hearing them as well. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. That was very vulnerable and honest. <laughs> um, and now let's talk on the positive side. What is the best thing about being 
being a woman? Oh, your ability to just consistently um, bring in, create, and expel and let go. So even just tuning in, even on a on your cycle level, like you're constantly creating from that space, and then you're constantly letting things go and losing things. And it's but it's a beautiful process of reimagining and reenvisioning and just being reborn all the time. So I, that I find is just, I love that part. Mm-hmm. I love that part. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I've I've been having I've released already a couple of episodes about the cycles and and how yeah. women come and go and you know there is life, death, life, death cycles and women who run with the wolves. This topic is uh, constant and you know coming to mm-hmm. agreement with it. And you beautifully said it. I can't I can't even repeat what you said. Expel, create. <laughs> Like that was that was so poetic. I love it. Uh, beautiful. Um, all right. So last question of this part is on a scale of one to ten, Leanne, how excited are you about life right now and why? Ooh, good question. Um, I'm gonna say eight. Usually I'm like a 10 or 11 out of 10. Like I'm a very excited person. I'm very positive and very happy, but I think I, I it's eight because there's this other two percent or 20% of me that's like realizing the multitude of, of stages of grief that one goes through. And it's sort of, it, it's not that it pulls you from your happy place, but it pulls you into other states and places of being, of acceptance, um, not wanting to accept it, living uh, and realizing the full realities of life and death. And so for me, it's, you know, the inevitable death of my father at some point. I mean, we all die. I know that. But there's this all knowing of, oh, okay, so there's this other kind of thing that's there. So yeah. it's, it's that there's a lot, there's been a lot of tears and a lot of sort of pre-grief stage. But within all of that, I'm still okay. I'm still happy. I'm still doing it. So it's, you know, there's a great deal of excitement still. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm also yeah. like, everything is okay now. I think I've had my share of deaths in the family when I was little with my mother mm-hmm. and then, you know, my, my grandparents and all of that. And so I guess life plays in a way in my case where it relieved me from going through this now, but I know it's inevitable yeah. and I kind of avoid even thinking about it of like the closest mm-hmm. people in my life. And I, uh, I know that I'm going to have to go through it at some point, but I'm so scared. Yeah. It's not like scared, yeah. you know, but it's like, you know, it's coming, but you don't want to think you about it. even, even even about my own death, like I know it's going to happen yes. at some point, and I'm I'm just mm-hmm. so terrified about thinking about death in general. Like I mm. I know this is an area that I need to work on as well. Like, yeah. like what do you mean? Like this body and me are not going to be alive. Like it's going to happen one day eventually. Yeah. It just terrifies yeah. me. I can't believe it. Like I'm refusing to believe it. And I'm <laughs> yeah. I live in my own bubble in my own life, so that's kind of funny. But anyways, we can talk about that uh, subject. Mm-hmm the whole episode but let's move yeah. on Leanne uh, thanks so much for answering these questions and now we can yeah. we already know who you are and you know kind of different about your dad and you know your mm-hmm. motherhood and all of that your journey please officially introduce yourself and uh, tell us <laughs> what you do so that the listeners um, you know get an official kind of bio from you I suppose <laughs> yeah that sounds great well I always say I'm Leanna from Leanna Jane Yoga 
And I basically decided to quit teaching and leave that whole world. And I thought, what would it look like if I took my passion for teaching yoga online? And so I essentially work with clients to help move through a lot of stress and anxiety, which most of us, if not all of us, feel at some point, but some of us feel it a little bit more for a little bit longer periods of time. And those are the people that seem to be called towards me and I seem to call out to them. And I really use a lot of the yoga philosophies, like these ancient universal truths here, to really guide the coaching. And so it might be some energy work. It might be working with our chakras. It might be a learning meditation. But most of it is just very yoga therapeutic talk where we reframe how we see ourselves, how we co-create with the universe, and just how to be with ourselves. So essentially, I teach clients how to be good with themselves, how to sit with themselves and feel a sense of joy and peace with, with their lives. Yeah, and that is like the hardest thing to do in today's world. Yeah. Uh, for <laughs> yes, sure. <it> is. <laughs> Especially, yes. well, I mean, men, men deal with it as well, but I feel like women, women take it to another level and we experience yeah. that in a, a different dimension. <laughs> yes. And it, yeah, so, and it is typically women I work with, and I do some yoga, uh, women's yoga empowerment circles too. So, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that I, that I love to incorporate in the business. And it's, and because the business is, still fresh, like any business, it's always changing and it's always reinventing itself. All right. So, um, Liana, before your story, because I really want to talk about, because I know you have been actually teaching children, Aboriginal children, that's been um, a journey in itself. And now you're transitioning to uh, teaching adults and stepping mm -hmm. into your, you know, into the online world um, and coaching one-on-one, -on -one, women's circles, all of that. So we can talk about the journey and you have two children, two small, mm -hmm. beautiful children that you also talk about, you know, having that fear as well to be able to support them, take care of them as a mother but you also have the business and like it's a constant juggle I feel like uh, yes a lot of my <laughs> listeners you know listeners here are uh, struggling with the same thing possibly or close to that so but yeah mm -hmm. um, I have two quick questions do you consider yourself successful and why yeah this is a really great question um my obvious answer is yes of course um definitely consider myself successful if I get rid of all the stories about all the things I haven't done or that I didn't do as well as I wanted to. So you can get that kind of, you can go down that rabbit hole. It's very easy to let the monkey mind take over and, and say, I'm successful in this, but I'm successful in doing this. However, I would like to do more of. And so I think when you really sit down and ask yourself, am I successful without any extra add-ons, just it's a yes or no. The answer is yes. Um, and why, I mean, I really think success is, is, a, is honestly just the ability for, for you to be with yourself. And, not just, and I'm not just talking meditation. I'm talking every day with who you are, what you do, the words you have in your mind about yourself, the things you say to yourself, about yourself, to other people. You know, when you can feel completely comfortable in your own skin and you forgive yourself easily, <laughs> then you've, you've really hit a different level of success that's not based on, you know, the tangible objects in our world or acquiring things, whether it's, you know, acquiring money or acquiring leadership in your community, you know, those are great, but they're certainly not, they certainly don't define success, especially in the world we live in now. We've really got to reinvent these, 
these defining pillars of what it means to be successful. Because you could have somebody who makes six figures, right? Yeah. But if they're not joyful or peaceful with any of that, if they're constantly like, okay, what's my next move and how can I do this next thing, then they're not really truly, they're, they're in a sense of, of doubt and unease with this isn't good enough and I want more. It's okay to want more, but what's more important is to be completely content with what is. And I'd say most of us, if not all of us, really don't live our lives in complete contentment with the way things are going. We always want to change it. We're not happy with it. It's, it's like if you have... Um, if, you, if you're hungry, if you're constantly hungry, then your only problem is you just need food. But if you've been fed and you're full, then you're like, okay, great. Now what? Now what else can I have? So to just be happy with what is, to me, and be okay with who you are in that place, that to me is success. And, and I am quite happy with everything the way it is. It doesn't mean I'm not creating and co-creating with the universe and wanting to change things and, and up level. It just means that where I am right now, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I feel like this is a very fine balance. And I've been talking mm -hmm. recently to a listener, actually, and we, we've been discussing, um, you know, what is that fine line of, okay, like I'm content and I'm, and I'm feeling successful where I am today, but I'm also striving for more. So what is that line? Or I guess that how do you find that balance of, you know, being content with what you have, but still wanting more and still feeling, you know, that itch of achievement or like, mm -hmm. because where you are today, and I completely relate to what you're saying, by the way, because, you know, I'm, I'm also a very yogi. I mean, I tattooed these three things on my right arm. That is, it is what it is. This two yes. pass and we mm -hmm. are where we're at. And this is yes. a constant <laughs> reminder of like, <laughs> all right, chillax, you know? Um, yes. But it's really hard to really, to, really, to really kind of sense this line of like, okay, when is the moment where I'm like, it's, it's okay. It is what it is. You, you are, it's great where you're at right now, but it doesn't mean that you don't want more. So what, what are your thoughts on that really quickly? I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I honestly think it comes back to just the simple feeling that you have in your body. So when you are in a space of doubt and unease and you want more, it doesn't, it's not that you're not happy with what you have, but you know, there's this discontentment within the body because there's discontentment within the mind. So, you know, the fine balance is really, it's held in balance by how you feel in your body because your body is just expressing and moving through what your mind is going through. And you, you might try and say, oh, I have positive affirmations, you know, like you have the tattoo on your arm. But if that belief isn't, isn't fully immersed on a physical level in your body, in your body, then you feel it, you know, you feel niggly feelings, you feel heart palpitations. There's just this sense of being uncomfortable. And again, it goes back to, you know, being, being okay with, with yourself, being able to be alone with yourself without the distractions. Mm. That's yeah, I the guess, balance. I guess uh, that's a really good point. I haven't thought of that before, mm -hmm. like being in your body, because you know, like, you know, when you're feeling anxious, or although you yeah. say, yeah, I'm, I'm, it is what it is, you know, but you know, mm -hmm. 
if like your hands are trembling or like there's this anxiety, yeah. but when you feel content and, and relaxed mm-hmm. in your body and present and, and, you know, this is why mm-hmm. I love yoga because yoga always brings me to that place. Yes, <laughs> no it does. You, yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing because you again and again, you get back to this feeling and you're like, yeah, it, you know, it's all good. We're going to be, we're all going to be fine. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And that's, I mean, and that's the thing, like, like we're all going to be fine. And, and even though I'm in my body and I'm a bit shaky cause I'm a bit cold, but you know, I'm also, there's a nervousness in my body, but it's, it's an excitement, you know? So the balancing point yeah. is what do I, what do I do with that nervous feeling? If I let it take over, then, you know, my, my mind stumbles and thoughts and I, it's harder to rein myself back into what is the purpose of, of, wh- or where am I sharing from? I'm sharing from my heart. Great. Easy. I can do that. So it's yeah. what you do. Uh, it's what you do on the edge. Mm, I like that. It's what you do yeah. on the edge. So talking yeah. about edges, Liana, what is femininity yes. for you? Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember reading that question in the email. I thought, ooh, good question. These are all great questions. Um, honestly, I just feel like it's it's being it's it's the for me it's embracing that again that idea that. I get to be who I want to be. I get to be gentle. I get to be the the warmth. I get to be the fire. I get to be all the elements that I'm made up of and that I come from. And I get to recreate my interpretation of that every day. So I get to be okay with, you know, being fiery one day and being edgy and being very direct and very, um, you know, very leadership and allowed boastful way. I get to do that if I want to, because that's part of my fire. That's part of my fire within and fire of being a woman. You need to have fire to create. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's just being able to embrace all of that and, and not, uh, and doing it without asking for permission. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. Just being you without asking for permission and being wow. you from your authentic place and being compassionate. To me, femininity is it's being from it's coming from a place of compassion. Yeah, that that thing of uh, you know being you without asking for permission is a huge thing, especially for us mm-hmm. women. Um, yes, it just feels like since we were little girls, since we were you know we were born, mm-hmm. it would, has been always about can I do that? Uh, yes, you know, uh, do I have the permission to do that? And all of that. And I've been yeah. struggling with myself. Uh, I mean, I've myself have been struggling with it and uh, it feels like I've come to the point where it's like, it doesn't really matter, you know, whether it feels or not. It's like, whatever, I'm just here to play. And uh, yes, that's it. I'm just here to play. (laughs) I'm just here to play. (laughs) Yes, uh, that's it. Because that's, I mean, that's, that's part of the magic of life is that it, it can be playful. It can be very playful. Yeah. For sure. I'm, I'm making these pauses because I'm like, are you going to say something else or can I nope. interrupt you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right, Liana, we're like halfway through the interview. because uh, I, I have a really long intro, you know, like I'm asking all these questions, but I feel like it's, it's so fun uh, getting mm-hmm. to know you by asking you all these questions and uh, getting to know your story. So now tell us, um, tell us about your journey. Like how, how did you come to do this work? Um, what is your transition? What are you experiencing uh, today? And a bit about, you know, your work with the children. And well, I'm, I'm going to ask you questions along the way. But mm-hmm. yeah, t- tell us your story. Yeah. So how I came into the coaching work, what I'm doing today or into yeah. teaching? 
Yeah. Well, your whole transition, I'm interested because I know you were working with kids and Mm -hmm. then there was a moment where you decided to transition. um, Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. was, I'm I'm assuming that was also in parallel to you having, you know, your second daughter and now Mm -hmm. stepping into the unknown, all of that. Yeah. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So um, I did, the thing is, is I've always worked with kids. It was sort of this idea that was kind of a story about me that I, I took in and embodied in, in my life as a very young child. I was always the older, the older one, the older kid on the block. I babysat a lot. And it was always this idea. My mom said, oh, you're so good with kids. And so to me, it made sense. Oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll work with kids. And I did for so long, like 20 plus years. I'm aging myself a bit here, but <laughs> um, but I did that and I enjoyed it. And I think I honestly look back now after doing all this work, and healing and things like that. And I, and I just look at my choice to follow teaching and to do it was really part of healing an inner child within me. And I felt like it was very much part of my healing journey. But here's the thing is that I worked with kids in my teens. And then in my 20s, I did the university thing and then realized, okay, I'd like to, uh, you know, move into something different. And then I got really sick. Um, I got rheumatoid arthritis, I got very sick, and I couldn't uh, sling martinis in the bars anymore. <laughs> so it seemed like, well, it's I guess a bummer. I, yeah, it, it was a bummer at the time, but, but it wasn't a bummer because, you know, it brought me to where I am. So I ended up actually getting into teacher's college um, because I decided, well, now let's take this and move it into a, a new level and take it a bit more seriously. Let's actually get certified and become a teacher. And actually, funny enough, um, my grades weren't even really that fabulous um, at the time. But what actually got me into teacher's college was because I did get sick and because I could apply as a student with a disability. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, so quite quite interesting how it all worked out, right? Um, And so I did, and I did teaching for a while, and and I quite um, enjoyed it. But, which I know we can touch a little bit more on that after, but after I had worked um, in my last job and I had my second child, when I was pregnant with Clara, who's my second daughter, it was probably one of the hardest years um, I've had in terms of stress levels and just even being physically healthy. It seemed like my whole pregnancy, I was just sick. And I was honestly just exhausted. I was utterly exhausted. Um, Pregnancy and growing a human inside of you uh, takes a lot of energy. (laughs) And it uh, it is utterly exhausting. Like there is just no other way to describe it. Like it it hurts to keep your eyes open. And, um, And I found myself working 50 hours. And I remember sitting at the beginning of the year and my supervisor, one of the supervisors came in and because I worked on an island they, and the boat schedule had to change, uh, they said, well, you can't take the boat until 4.30. And I realized I wouldn't get home until 5.30, which meant that I would only see my daughter for about an hour and a half every day. And to me, that was amazing. Like I just thought, I can't, I can't even, it just seemed like somebody had punched me in the gut and I literally started crying. But I, I soldiered through the year, um, and then I just realized, I, I can't do this. I just can't, I can't live this in my, I can't have this in my life. My ability to be healthy and feel like I'm at peace with myself, I can spend time with my children, it just completely overweighed any 
connection I had to teaching or the love for teaching. It just, it was a no brainer. Um, it was, a, it was a non-negotiable. So, you know, we come up to edges in our lives where we feel like we have to make this big and bold decision and we don't, we just get to tune into, well, what is it that feels really good to do? What would feel really good? Um, what would feel really good is if I followed my heart and my intuition and that voice that's getting louder and louder that says, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. <laughs> and yeah. Did you know, did you know what you're going to do next? Did you like put up yes a plan or something like tell, tell me about that moment where you were like, okay, I'm done. I understand. Like, you know, cause I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of us have been there. Um, mm -hmm. but also a lot of us are not making that step because they're scared or yeah. you know, the, the unknown. And especially like, I can't imagine yeah. because I haven't been through it, especially with two children now. And, um, mm -hmm. and of course I know that, you know, you have a husband and all of that, but still like, that's a lot of responsibility and pressure. It is, you know, I think in reflection too, I, I look back and I, and one thing I really love about myself, which I think is, is part of a superpower actually, <laughs> that I can make decisions from a place of utter trust in my intuition and my trust in being connected to the divine or God or however you want to call it, creator. There's this all-knowing within me that says, if you just do the thing that feels really good to do, that you really want to do, that you feel driven and passionate to do, that you feel called to do, that feels right then everything's going to be okay. So there's this really deep trust that I have with the universe and, and the whole manifestation process and all of that. There's a really deep all-knowing trust I have because that's where I make my decisions from. And if I look back, I can see that, how I've done that every single time. I was on the very, the, the brink of turning 30 and I was in a relationship and I wanted children and I wanted to get married. But I also knew that I, wasn't it was a non-negotiable who I was with at the time it just wasn't going to happen and, and it didn't feel right and I just sort of said okay well if I let go of this I have room for something else to come in and lo and behold I met my husband six months later we were engaged and married the next year you know and so I think the same thing was with leaving my last teaching job in Toronto it was just like I don't I can't live in the city anymore so I, I moved out of the city I'm just north of the city now um and I thought, well, I don't have a job to go to. And so to, to quit a full-time teaching job with certain benefits without a job to go to, people consider absolutely irresponsible and crazy. But to me, I already just knew if I just say, no, I'm not going to do this, then something else shows up. And lo and behold, I got the job and it moved my husband and I out of the, out of the city. And we were living in a $400 a month cottage on Georgian Bay, which is a beautiful place to live. So it's, you know, it's like you make these decisions and then the universe is like, great, no problem. I've got that for you. Here's that thing that you were talking about. Yeah. I, uh, first of my question is how did your husband react to, to this decision? It's funny. I mean, my husband, I, I mean, I connected with him and, and, and married him because of the way that we met and how it felt when we first talked and, and it was all just so easy. Everything was so easy with him. Um, but I think when it comes to these big decisions, I think there's two sides. I mean, I think there's that, that side of him that recognizes I already know what I want and I, he can't change my mind. Like he was, but in a respectful way. So he's like, okay, I will support. Mm -hmm. But then there's also that side of him that 
is, you know, the protector who wants to make sure that everything's still going to be okay. So he, he balances things out quite well um, and never leaning too far on one side. Um, but he was all definitely all for leaving the city and he was on board with that. That was a no brainer for sure. And then when it came to leaving teaching, he also knew, yeah, that's okay too. Cause he saw how miserable I was at the end. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. His, his job, yeah. His job is to love me and, and love me no matter what. And, and he does <laughs> that very well. <laughs> Awesome. Love that. Uh, just, I mean, you know, I've all of my interviews so far, but just been talking to women about their journeys and success and all of that. And I haven't touched much on the relationship side, um, mm-hmm. but I'm coming to realize and I don't know, I guess, I mean, obviously that's not the center of feminine success and all of that, but now like that's a big part of it uh, in the sense of that our relationships. And so I just feel like I need to, or I feel like just asking more questions about, you know, the relationships that women have today with their men and especially with everything that's going on, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I feel strongly about seeing the good in men and, you know, I myself am married to a great man and uh, who's supporting mm-hmm. and everything. And I just feel like, talking about this, like what you said, you know, how you make decisions process, how your husband is supporting you is just giving it um, a real perspective on like, this is how men support their women. And this is what happens in families. And it's not all that, yeah. uh, you know, some of the stuff in the media is just really frustrating for me because it portrays well, it is. a lot. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, I think it's whether it's a man or a woman or, or anyone, it's, it's a sacred relation. It's, it's, you're in sacred relationship, right? So so my husband and I, yes, we're married and we signed a piece of paper and we made vows, but it's, you know, the, the, this is a sacred a relationship that we have with each other. So when we come up to new things and, and new possibilities, you know, it's, it's something that allows us to kind of go to the darker sides of ourselves and kind of unpack that a little bit because it's going to bring out all the yucky stuff too, right? It's not mm-hmm. all, you know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns when you're like, Yes, I quit my job and I feel such a weight lifted. There is that edge of fear and and there that is there are those big questions that your who you're in sacred relationship will ask you and call you on and mm-hmm. um and and that's I think where relationships fail is when they stop seeing them as a sacred place and they start to and you start taking things personally as yeah. opposed to my husband loves me and and that's where he's coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my relationship, it's it's the same thing. You know, a lot of the time, well, not a lot. I mean, uh, I I highly value the masculine gift that you know yeah. my husband is bringing into the relationship, and I yes, I'm so grateful for it uh, because many many mm. times it has kind of woken me up, and um, you know, kind of got me out of my emotional story, whatever you know. But yes, uh, at times it's really hard, and I. And I'm, I, I have to consciously think about it every single time and be aware that he's not telling me this or whatever, you know, especially like mm-hmm. with, their, with their masculine kind of state of mind of he can just quickly dismiss an idea or a mm-hmm. calling or a desire that I have or whatever. And then I, mm-hmm. I tend to take it personally because like, what do you mean? No. Yes. <laughs> you know, and then you yes. start being on the defensive <laughs> and then. 
And then I realized, you know, when I think about it, because I'm always, you know, through yoga and everything, I try to say, okay, 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 like what's really going on here? With yes. Why am I reacting all this? And then I'm thinking from his side, he's not here to bring me down or like this is not an ego play. He's literally like thinking what is the best, easiest way for yes. us to still be where we are, you know, as you said, like protect the family and all of that because mm-hmm. he's thinking from his side and I'm thinking of my side. I mean, it's a beautiful dance right like there's no this is dance solution <laughs> it's you know what it's that's a great way to put it it is a dance and and like any day one day it's going to feel very fluid and wonderful yeah um and then other days it's it's complicated and it's messy and you're tripping over each other's feet and then you just say okay we'll try again another time mm-hmm. like you just really need to know when to step back and that's something i'm really working on when to say okay we're going to we're yeah. going to just pr- put a pause on this. Yeah. Well, putting a pause is the hardest thing. Cause like we, we do that <laughs> as so well. Hard. We do that yes. as well. And I'm like, uh, like that unresolveness of things, you know, my mind yes. just wants to resolve and get an answer and I'm getting yes. really good on like, and then, you know, he's telling me TBD or to TBC. These are like, he's like <laughs> to be confirmed or to be discussed. And I'm yes. like, Oh, okay. All right. And, and I'm, and I'm feeling okay with it. You know, I'm feeling okay yeah. to hitting a pause and just letting go and coming back to it tomorrow, because I know yes. that tomorrow I'm, I might feel completely different as we know. It's like, you know, today I'm happy tomorrow. I'm sad and vice yes. versa. So <laughs> it's and that's, that side. Yeah. And that's that um, where I say it's the ability to be with yourself. So can you be mm-hmm. with yourself after somebody has essentially said, no, I'm not open for this. And no, I, I'm not available for this right now. Like, you know, somebody's really just putting a big hand and pushing you away, not pushing you away in a bad way, but just saying, no, not right now. And then, then you're with yourself and you're with all those feelings and there's nobody to take them away and there's, there's nowhere to put them. And so when I say, you know, can you be with yourself? That's what I mean. Can you be with that all those feelings and all of that energy that is inside of you and there's nowhere, seemingly nowhere to put it. Yeah, I love what you're saying because I, like you touched on such an important subject of relationships in general, you know, because uh, like we and I, and I'm all about that. And in my relationship, it's a constant practice of not having him or her or whatever. Well, now that we're talking about our um, romantic relationship or husband marriage, mm-hmm. uh, not having him be the center of to put my feelings into that box Yeah, you know, that you said, like being with myself, even though I'm married mm-hmm. and I'm in a relationship, but he's not my punching bag. He's not no. someone where no. I can just dump everything I have inside no. and be like, and he won't solve all go. your problems. Yeah, yeah exactly. You Here you go. Yeah. You deal with that. And then so often because we're around constantly around each other, like it, it's such a constant practice for me to be like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Like I can be with myself, like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I can feel it tomorrow. And just being with yourself by myself in a marriage is like really hard, you know, especially for us women where we want to like discuss and get all our emotions out and all of that. It's Well, yeah, we just want to be very fluid with everything. And, and I, I mean, I, I honestly think it also just comes back to, we have, we, we expect our men to fulfill the duties that a community could be fulfilling. Yeah. And we're expecting them to you know, sexually light us up and we're expecting them to honor us and tell us we look good and feel good. And, you know, they're, when we have, you know, um, other struggles and pains, 
we expect them to take that too. And those are things that a community and, you know, a women's circle, for example, those are things that, those are other outlets that, you know, it's like we've secluded ourselves and we just think that it all happens in in that one relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love How it. unfair is that? <laughs> I know. He's like, that's a lot to expect from a man, you know? It's yes. like, I think John Gray, I've interviewed John Gray as well. He was saying how, you know, a man can only fulfill like 10% of your tank. Yes. Like everything else you can get from your girlfriends, from the community. Yeah. From- spending time with yourself, from loving life, all of that. Um, all right, yes. Leanne, let's, we, we digressed a little bit what I did. Yeah, it's I all good. It's all good. Your questions about your marriage <laughs> and all that. But I really feel like, you know, this, this conversation about men and relationships is an integral part of us as women and of our yeah. success. And I just feel like I can't, I can't anymore not talk about this because this yes. is important, especially in today's world. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's get back to your story. So here you are, you know, um, you decided, like you realized you can't do this job anymore you quit teaching um you're now with two girls and you're moving away from the city so what's happening next tell us about that journey <laughs> ah, the fear the the very deep fear despite making the decisions from a place of trust and all-knowing and intuition but even still you know it's the fear that comes up okay so now what okay and you don't have to have it all planned out. It's not that I, I didn't plan, but there's still this fear of, will it work out? Um, you know, am, is it okay that I do this, right? Remember going back to that permission. Is it okay that I don't use my, my degree that I worked years to get and the teaching that I spent years doing? Is it okay to just leave that and do something different? Is it okay to follow my, my passion? And is it okay? Is it even possible to build a life financially, you know, through yoga? I mean, isn't, you know, you can't, every yoga teacher knows you can't really, yeah. you can't open a yoga studio and, and make money most of the time. It's very hard to do. And it's very hard to make a living as a yoga teacher. Um, but, you know, so, so really after making the decision, it's like, okay, it's a no brainer, but there is still this fear of, will it work out? And then there's this excitement of, yes, of course it will. Yes, of course it will. And then you get to be playful and then you get to do all the work which is what I did in Emily's mastermind of, of really just um, doing all the, like I found her mastermind was great because there was so much inner work that I did. All right. Wait, we got to pause no? here and tell all the yeah. listeners that we're talking about Emily Utter, who's also yes, coming we are. to this podcast and yep. I'm actually interviewing her tomorrow. And this is why we're talking with Juliana because Emily has connected the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. She, okay. she, she's the ultimate, ultimate connector. Connector. Here. Yeah. So yeah. let me quickly interrupt you. Um, yeah, go for it. That I, I feel like a lot of us can relate to, you know, you made a decision based on your intuition you understand this is your truth like that can't go on any longer I need to do something else and follow my passion okay that decision is done then the fear comes in okay is this possible now what what Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work all of those thoughts that all of us have and then you said and then comes the excitement so I'm like uh well, when, how does the excitement shifted? Like, <laughs> what happened? Wait a second. Cause he just shifted from like fear to excitement. I'm like, what? <laughs> when so, does this happen? Yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you kind of go through both simultaneously, but also, you know, it's not like, it's not a linear thing. It's not like, 
you make a decision, then you feel the fear and then you feel the excitement. And then it's this Hollywood ending and all is well. And <laughs> the, the, you know, the princess found her prince and kissed and everything's good. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. It's very much the same thing. Like, you know, the stages of grief, it's not. And if you could see me now, you'd see my hands are swinging all over the place. Like there is no linear path that you follow. And and it's never going to be that way. That's just not, not not how life is. It's not how the mind works, for one. If, if the mind was linear and it all was A, B, C, then we wouldn't be struggling with our meditation practice because the mind never stops. So it's that those, those moments of fear and excitement, they never go away. They never go away. But what, and this again goes back to being okay with yourself. Are you okay with yourself when you do feel the fear? So I've recently, um, after I quit my teaching job, I figured, well, I do want to have some stable income while I'm getting my business started because it was so overwhelming. It was so daunting. It was like, I never had to pay. I never had to enroll students to come to me and mm-hmm. pay me money to teach them. They just were, they just showed up and I just had to show up and they loved me no matter what I did. Whereas this business is different. You know, you need to, to seek out and find and, and, find clients to pay you money to help them. That's basically it. So it's a very different frame of, of thinking in terms of how to accumulate financial income and stability. So, you know, it's constantly going back to, you know, how do you, how do you deal with what comes up around that decision to, cha- to make such a big change? So what I found really, to me, the biggest, like, the, the hardest part really when there was that state of fear was, um, was, re- was really, how do I do this? Like not trusting again, like just not trusting that I know what I'm doing. And I didn't know what I was doing for a lot of it, which is why I hired Emily. Um, but then you get to that place of everything's going to be fine because then you just get to get into the creative and the playful part. Okay, well, why don't I try this? I'll, you know, why don't I try that? Why don't I, you know, and then you just get to be a little bit easier with yourself on it. And then you, you notice you're constantly making quote unquote mistakes, but you forgive yourself, you learn from them and you just keep going. And so, you know, shifting from the fear to the excitement is just showing up every day and doing it. It's just showing up. Yeah. And also I just, yeah, I just want to add to that. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Like showing up and doing, but for me, like, you know, I'm constantly going through it myself being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, And as you mentioned in your, you know, other episodes in writing, like being an entrepreneur is like the biggest, one of the biggest transformational, like personal growths that you yeah. can take, um, especially yeah. for us women, like it's great. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of scary moments for me. You know, I have a lot of doubts, like even with this program that I'm launching now, um, with a lot of the things that I'm putting out there is like, what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? Mm-hmm. What if nobody buys? What if yes. they don't show up? What if I don't have, what, what, you know, and, and that is a vicious cycle it can never end. But then, mm-hmm. you know, I told myself and it's a muscle, um, like I think you mentioned before, like you forgive yourself, you move on and you kind of, once you're on this role, because for me, let's take the situation, let's say with my program, I'm like, what if nobody buys? Oh my God, this is going to be such a disaster. And then I take yes. a moment, I pause, I take a deep breath and I say, but what if they do? Yes. But <laughs> what know? if they all buy and what it's if, crazy? <laughs> yeah. What if the spots fill up? Uh, you know, like what if I'm sold out? What if mm-hmm. I'm getting to my number of downloads? Or what if, you know, like I'm bringing so much value that people could just can't stand but like share? What if it does? And like you see yeah. how in my voice, so I'm, I'm getting excited. And this is yeah. where 
where the shift happens because what yeah. if it doesn't work is like such a draining kind of fear and while very draining possible then you're yeah. shifting to oh my god what if it does like yeah why not <laughs> yes why not and why not me it's all yeah. about the language it's all about the words that you use and honestly when we're talking about you know like you're putting out a vibration to the universe that's all you're doing every day every second you're putting out a vibration and the universe is just responding and reciprocating the same vibration. So if you're saying, you know, oh, I'm really scared that nobody's going to show up. Like you're owning your fear. This is really good. Um, but then you want to shift the language around it so that you send out a different vibration so that the universe feels a different vibration and sends that same thing back to you. In, in this case, it would be people showing up and you know, you filling all your spots in your launch or whatever it might be. So when you just shift into, well, what if everybody does buy? Then the universe hears everyone he does buy. Okay, great. Then it's like, yeah, let's give you that as opposed to I'm scared nobody will. The universe just hears nobody will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit. Um, you know, some of the listeners might not be familiar with the whole universal law of attraction thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it makes sense absolutely to me. And then yeah. one of the things that I also wanted to add, maybe like. Mm, from a different perspective of the universe, mm -hmm. but saying like, even in practical terms, let's say when you're doing your marketing or where, where mm -hmm. you're talking to people about this, you know, I have to record an intro to this episode, many others talking about my program, you know, getting out there and like talking about it. Cause like, if they, if nobody knows what you're doing, like if you're, if nobody knows that you, Leanne are looking for clients or offering your services, like nobody, like nobody's going to buy. But then yeah. if we're coming from a place of saying, hey, you know, what if they do buy and what if this is going to be exciting? I'm going to get all of this stuff. And I mean, in terms mm -hmm. of like income to support myself and invest and, you know, yeah. my message helps so many women. And then when I'm talking about this on the intros, in my marketing channels, like on social media, I'm being raw and authentic, but coming from a place of excitement rather mm -hmm. than fear of like, oh, yes. I'm doing this program and uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. mm, I'm not sure, but maybe, you know, like people feel that and people they, feel that people sense yeah. that yeah. yes they they feel that and and that's one thing that Emily always talks about in her sales program it's like if you're on the, an enrollment call with somebody and you're wanting to sell them your program because it's a good fit you know if you kind of show up and you're like well yeah so the programs um <laughs> you know they if they yeah. feel that hesitation then they already have tuned you out they're already a no because they don't believe that you believe it Right. That's the key. That's the key. Awesome. And that's the, that's the key. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then uh, to summarize um, mm -hmm. how to move from, you know, the place of fear uh, into place of excitement is like simply you can just reframe. You reframe your yeah. word, but then you also have to imagine or believe mm -hmm. or kind of put up a scenario in, in your head of like, what if it works? And what if it is yeah. You know, like sometimes I feel I'm also I also get intimidated, as I'm sure you can re re relate uh, by mm -hmm. you probably get, you know, possibly intimidated by all these coaches that are making like seven, eight figure businesses. And you're like, yeah, what sure, the sure. hell? <laughs> and like me as well with all the other podcasters, I'm like, what the hell? Who do you think you are? You know, you're never going to yeah. get there, you know. But then I'm thinking, but why? Like, if not me, why not? Why not? Like, yeah. Why can't I claim that space? Because at some yeah. point they were where I was. And at some point somebody decided, like it's literally sometimes mm -hmm. I think how crazy it is that it is just a decision. 
You know, it's, it's just, you know. that's it. It's just a decision. And it's about giving yourself permission to do that thing. Yeah. So, so I had a massive hesitation after, um, so I, my, my um, university degree was in Aboriginal studies and I learned all about the, the horrific events and the horrific aspect of our Canadian history and, and the American history and all over the world is very much the same thing, um, colonialism. And so I learned about that history and, and placed myself in that historical context and was like, oh man, I'm part of the problem. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. well, you know, European settlers just need to, you know, back, back off totally and all this stuff. So, and then I had this, so I had this like mentality around working in Aboriginal communities as a teacher and then I shifted and I thought, well, if I don't work in these communities, it's just going to be somebody else. And I really believe I, I have something to offer. So if it's not me, it's going to be somebody else. So I just gave myself permission. You see, it's just a little shift in how I, how I see myself in the story. And that's all it is. Mm, absolutely. Love that. Yeah. So, okay. So Leanne, where are you today with uh, your yoga, your business? How is it going? Tell us <laughs> that excitement well, and everything where it brought you. Well, it's, yeah. It's, so it's really exciting. It's what I love really, really love right now actually is, um, is getting very playful with what the offers are that I'm, I'm, offering to my community. So, you know, it's, it's not being stuck on, okay, they have to do this program or it's this program. It's like, I'm really starting to have fun with listening to my audience, feeling what, what they're looking for based on conversations I've had and just being playful. So I like, for example, I have, um, my ruin, um, like their divination rocks. They're very much like tarot cards or angel cards, but they're symbols on rocks. And I love, love playing with those and giving people readings. So I thought, oh, okay, how about I just play with this for a bit? And I, and you know, I've met so many great people and had so many connections um, out of that. And, um, and then actually had a enrollment call just based on a reading. So, you know, it's where I'm at right now with my business is just relaxing into it and not taking myself so damn seriously around it. Oh God, and, yes. You know, and just not taking it so seriously and being playful around, well, what if I share this? You know, what if, what if I turn this really crazy day, you know, momming hard and crying in the pasta, like what is happening right now in my life? And, you know, just trying to get through the day with some sensible, with some sanity left. And, and then just saying, oh, you know what? I think this is something really nice to share with my, with my group so that they see, hey, I'm human too. This is what went on for me today, and here's what I did about it. You know, and and just just from a very authentic place, and really to start sharing my story from that place, as opposed to here's how I can help you solve your problems. Mm. They want to they want to know who are you? <laughs> what do what do you who are you? What are you all about? Yeah, so, that, that, that is so that's cute. it. Mm, that is mm-hmm. so key. But then how do you still, because, you know, now that we're getting to, to practical things, like, you know, you still mm-hmm. have, you know, two children, your husband, husband is working, like, how do you get to a place where you know you're on the right journey in terms of practical things? Like, is this bringing you income? Like, is there mm-hmm. a strategy to it? You know, because that is the hardest thing, right? To combine the two of being, as, as we talked before, you know, be mm-hmm. okay with yourself where you are, with your journey itself of building a business, you know, with your fears, mm-hmm. being human, like this day shit, but like we got to go through yeah. and still 
at the back of your mind or kind of uh, strategically thinking, where is your business going? And like, what are mm-hmm. your goals? And how do you manage that balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so this kind of goes back to a conversation my husband and I had around, you know, what is, what is it going to look like now that I have closed the nature school? So the nature school is a preschool program that I ran out of my house, um, getting kids outside, but it's, you know, it, it just was stuff with my dad and it just, I couldn't, um, I couldn't do it anymore. It just wasn't in alignment and it didn't feel good anymore to do. So that was a stable income. And so now it's like, oh, okay, great. Now I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. But, you know, if I, if I came at it from a practical point of view and came at it, you know, like writing all the numbers down and, and just punching it all out and seeing, okay, well, what do I have what income do I have to make and how am I going to make it and all this stuff. It's like, that's all fine and dandy to do. And it's not that I'm not saying it isn't important, but it's not the first thing to do. And the first thing to do is to decide what is the quality that I'm looking for in my life? What is the quality that I'm looking to obtain in my life? How is it that I want to feel? And how is it that I want to move through my day from what place? What's the quality? Because we, we think that is something that's created out of a practical decision process. And to me, that's not how I operate. To me, it's the opposite. It's what is the quality? And then you get to be specific and then you get to lay out your six-month plan or whatever it is, which I do because that's still the teacher in me that says, well, long-range plans are still good to have. But, you know, what is the quality? And the quality is, you know, more peace. Yeah. I feel better. Yeah, I can, re- I can relate to that because so many times a lot of us are just, you know, having that masculine structure, so to say, all right, yeah. all right, you're going to build the list, doing this or goals like, okay, and then, and then you kind of just go with it and come up with something while mm-hmm. the core, the foundation is not there. And yeah. if the structure is there, but the foundation, as you said, like really going deep and saying, what is the quality? Like, why am I doing this? You know, yeah. what are we all about and being raw and authentic, then every then your masculine structure is just not going to work because that no. is a structure. It's a support system for your message or what, what you are all about. And people can feel it once you share on social media. And I had my own ups and downs with this, but I'm finally coming to realize that that mm-hmm. is key. So, okay. Awesome. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so you are right now at a place where you close that and you're fully stepping more and more into your coaching practice, your one-on-ones, your women's circles, mm-hmm doing yoga as well yeah still teaching yoga the classes they fill up and that's that's a wonderful that's a wonder I love that part I love that I've spent years building that and and now have I just I just fill the classes and that's like a done deal and I love that part um Mm -hmm. and so now I'm just got a couple more spots for my coaching and then that's full um and then eventually I'll do some some small group programs online Love it. That's, awesome. that's my next goal. So yeah. Leanne, b- b- before we go into the tools and resources section, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite things to do, um, let's finish off with something that you mentioned in the beginning, something that you're dealing with now, which is grief and um, mm-hmm. really giving yourself permission to share what you're going mm-hmm. through. Because like, I feel like those kind of posts on Instagram or on Facebook or in general, um, 
like people relate to that so much and how yeah. like where are you right now with that and how are you also dealing with the fears of what you said you know what what would your mother say um mm-hmm. started sharing what you're going through and like what would others think and all of that so for anyone and you know me included i sometimes have these thoughts like i know mm-hmm. somebody told told me once that what you're mostly scared about to share, this is exactly what you need to share. Exactly. And That's I'm silly. like, oh, ha, 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 you know, like, I'm yep. like, oh, shit. And so yeah. what would you, so where are you in this journey? And what would you tell someone who's also uh, struggling with that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm essentially just at the brink. I'm at this kind of breaking point where I can't neglect that voice anymore that says, just share that thing, share that thing, which is, you know, what it's like, to be where I am, starting a business, you know, momming two young kids, husband, all that stuff. And then my dad, and then all of the relationships around that too. Cause it's not just, it's not just my dad. It's also the pain of how, how do I explain this to my daughter who loves my grandpa, who's only three. She has no idea what's going on. I don't know how to tell her that. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And then there's this, this, you know, very strong reactionary thing that goes on when in those sacred relationships around my mom and wanting to make sure my mom's okay. And then, you know, dealing with the anger of, but my parents worked so hard and they were such hard workers and for, for what now they can't spend that retirement time together because of this thing. Right. So there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of you know, how do I do this? How do I do the next step? And then, you know, you, I find myself going on these drives in the car and just listening to songs and going, Oh, that's a beautiful song. And I'd really like to play that at my dad's funeral. And then you you stop yourself and you go, well, what, what the hell are you doing? Like your dad's still here. Why are you having these morbid thoughts about this? But, you know, it's not morbid. It's me making peace with it and seeing this future time and feeling joyful about it as much as I can because it's this beautiful piece of music that connects me to my dad in a beautiful way. So you have all of these things, all the things (laughs) happening seemingly all at the same time. And you don't know which step to take because nobody's there to tell you, by the way, you do this next by the way, this is the next thing that happens. Because nobody can tell you that stuff. Nobody can tell you how to move through the realities of life and death. They just, they just can't. And, and, you know, you see this with the trauma many moms go through with birthing their children. It's like nobody can tell you what it's going to be like until you do that thing. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with birth and death. It's nobody can tell you what it's going to be. But once you share that journey, I feel like... Mm-hmm you're not only empowering yourself by actually Mm -hmm. saying, you know, this is it, this is what I'm struggling with, but you're also empowering others. And um, when it's like coming together as a community, and now that you're telling me about this, I'm remembering already, like if I saw your post, but now that we're talking also, Mm -hmm. I'm remembering uh, there was a similar story of a woman. um, I've read one of her books where she, and I might say, like, I can't remember her name now, but she actually... Talked about the same thing. So her her father was diagnosed with cancer, and the whole family was going through it. And she was just saying she couldn't find any resources that could help her move through it in like not in a morbid way, 
like, you know, really sad and depressed and like dealing with life and death. And so she's, she's a great writer and, um, she's actually written a book about it. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's a humorous book. It's actually like a, not, not a comedy, but it's, it's a, it's written in a very light and then kind of a very fun way. And she's Mm -hmm. remembering her dad, all of that. I'm going to send you the link if you're interested, but yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And then others would just understand what you're going through and realize that maybe they're on the same journey. And then what happens when a, you know, a community comes together and supports you is uh, magical. It is magical. And I know it'll be magical. It's just having to tune out that story that again, it's about giving yourself permission, right? Yeah. It's, it's okay to grieve in your own way and to share that story. However you want to do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Liana, thank you so much. This has been Mm -hmm incredible i mean you you've just given us so 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 much wisdom (laughs) sharing your journey and all thanks so much i really appreciate it and now it's time for tools and resources on girl skill let's get those uh, masculine structures in place Um, do you have a morning routine that you follow uh, that keeps you like happy productive and at peace yeah um yes and no i mean it, it starts whenever my daughter wakes me up uh, jumping in her crib and that's all good. Um, but mainly the, the two things I make sure I do every morning is uh, before I get out of bed, I just lay there and I, I just create the day in my mind, you know, and some days I have 30 seconds to do it. And some days I have like a whole five minutes, but it doesn't matter how much time I make sure that that's something that I do. It's like a non-negotiable, like, okay. And some days it's literally as, as quick as uh, today is going to be a joyful day. Like that, like sometimes it's, that's how much time I have, but that's all that I need. And other days I, I sit there and I just visualize my day. Okay. I'm going to do this first. And then, you know, I see myself having the enrollment call or whatever it is. And that's, that's a big part for me is just being, being with myself quietly. And then obviously the next thing I do is make uh, a big coffee. (laughs) I I live for my coffee and, but it's not just the coffee. It's that I sit with my coffee and I don't do anything. I'm not scrolling on Facebook. I'm not writing out my to-do list. I'm just, it's just my coffee. That's all that I'm doing. And when it's just my youngest, because my toddler will sleep in actually till like 738, but my other one will get up at six. And so then sometimes it's just her and I in the room and, and I just have my coffee and she crawls all over me and that's it. Like that, I just, as long as I have that coffee and don't do anything with it. <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. Are you using any apps or kind of software programs that you like can't live without and they're life savior? Well, <laughs> this is where I may be a little boring here, but I, I'm not a big app person, but I will tell you that I have um, some meditations. I don't use a meditation app, but I have meditations that I listen to every night on, on my phone. That's like, I do that all the time. Um, what are the meditations? Um, I listen, well, I I just go on YouTube, honestly. And then I just kind of get a feel for, I don't, I try not to think too much about it. And so I just listen to a variety Mm of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Kelly Howell is very good. I really like listening to Kelly. She has a really beautiful way of leading you uh, without telling you what to think or do in your meditation. She just leads you 
Um, it's really beautiful, actually. Um, and then <laughs> this is kind of boring again, but a, <laughs> a big one that I use, because I'm not a big app person, right? Like I, my apps are like going out in nature. Like that's my app. Like I go, mm-hmm. that's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I use every day. I just like literally go out in nature. There's a big reason why I left the city because it wasn't as accessible, right? Um, but another one that I use are, is just like white noise on my phone. I have white noise and I just, I use it sometimes because I just find what I love the most is actually silence. Like just I'll drive, like I don't want to listen to music. I just, one of the things I love doing is just driving with no sound and just, that's it. Mm. Is that like an app that produces white noise? Yeah. Yeah. And there's nature sounds and things, but I just, I use it. I use it a lot, especially in our house. It's very it's very echoey in our home. It's, you know, it's an old house and I'll just put that outside the door and I just, it'll at least drown out any outside sounds. And then it's a bit more quiet inside. You're such a typical yoga teacher. Just peace. Yeah, totally. Quiet. Just yeah. quiet. Everyone. I just want quiet. <laughs> I told my, I told one of my friends, I'm like, I just want to have a, a party where like there's no sound and like everybody's just talking like, yeah, it's really a, quiet it's a quiet party I love, i'd come to that party yeah. <laughs> I think we need more and more of that all right awesome love it thanks so much for sharing that now are there yeah. any people or blogs that you follow that you love yeah one that i always love especially love it when it pops up in my feed because it reminds me to go check her out again is constant constance hall she's a she's i think she is oh i'm kind of it's kind of embarrassing i think she's australian or she's from New Zealand. Anyways, one of the two. I'm embarrassed. I don't know now. That's Constance right. Hall. <laughs> Constance. Constance. Anyway, she's amazing. She she just writes. She just writes and shares all the things. She just speaks her mind. And uh, she's a mom. And she just talks from that place. And she's just amazing. Like she just the way that she shares her story. She's so raw. She her her spelling and grammar are are horrendous from an English teacher's point of view, but she makes no apologies. She makes no apologies at all. And um, she just owns it. She owns it. It's beautiful. And uh, Sadhguru, of course, and uh, Mystic to follow for sure, for sure. I just watched all his videos. Who's that again? Sadhguru. He's, uh, you could find him on YouTube. He's amazing. Like he just, he just constantly reminds me of all these universal truths. Like, be okay with yourself. Like that's one of his major parts of his message is like, you, you need to be okay with yourself. You need to sit with yourself. And mm-hmm. if you can't, you need to figure out how <laughs> and that's it. Love so it. he's a good one. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any favorite books that you want to share with us? Ooh, Joseph Boyden. He's a Canadian author and he wrote a book. He wrote a series of books, but one of the ones that stands out is called three day road. Three Day Road by Joseph Boyden, and he he um, he tells the story of two. I believe that they're Anishinaabe, um, Ojibwe. Anyways, he tells the story of these two boys um, from a First Nations community. I can't remember which one, but they it, this takes place during World War One, and they go over, and it just tells mm-hmm. all of their story and what it's like for them to come back, and what it was like over in the war, and oh, it, I just. I, I couldn't put it down and I was, I had mm-hmm. to sit. It was one of those books that after you finish it, you're quite silent for five minutes and just sort of awe with the story and how oh. it all affected you. So that's a, that's, that's my go-to. That's my big one right there. Love yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, anything else that comes to mind that you can recommend from books? 
like a person for fiction. I know. I know. I sat and thought about it. And, you know, I don't want to lie. I have not (laughs) been keeping up on the books. I, I, I don't like to say I don't have much time, but I have all the time in the world, but I do have limited time at night and I tend to be getting a lot of content writing and blogging and things like that done. So the books have, yeah, the books have kind of fallen by the wayside, but I am super excited to see what shows up in my life. I did have the Tao of, of the Tao of physics just showed up in my backseat of my car. So that's Mm, why Eastern Eastern mysticism (laughs) meets physics. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing, Liana, and I just Wonderful. have one last question. Uh, yes. What would you like to be written on your tombstone? Oh, yes. On my tombstone would say, she flew and stayed grounded in her heart and soul. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's so you. <laughs> yes, isn't it so? I love it. Awesome. <laughs> that this has been amazing, Liana. Thank you so much again for coming. Oh, you're on. so welcome. Time. I know, like the, you've taken the time. Uh, well, probably the kids are still asleep, but uh, oh yeah, they're totally time fast from the content <laughs> writing and all of that. Um, it's all good. Thank you so much for all the work and everything. And for anyone who is wondering, like, where can they get more of you and your message and your writing, and maybe you know, they're in Toronto uh, or somewhere and want to get to know more uh, where they can find you. Yeah. um, So I have a Facebook group, which is a pretty easy one to find. It's just Leanna Jane Yoga. And uh, that's a great one to join because um, I post lots of uh, videos and I do free trainings every month. So that's a great way to kind of still get the message, even if you're not going to do the coaching yet. It's still a great way to get a sense of what it is I, I do and how it can help you. That's a big one. Obviously, you can find me there um, and you can link onto my personal profile. I'm pretty easy at taking friend requests for the most part. I do have a business page, Leanna Jane Yoga, but not as active as I am in the group. And um, you can find me on Instagram, but I'm not going to lie. I, I've been neglecting Instagram quite extensively the last little while. So it's not super active, but you can find me there as well. Um, Leanna Jane Yoga. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll be popping into Toronto and running a few workshops, but that's just something I would share through Facebook and announce when Mm -hmm. I have the details. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely would be, will be popping into Toronto in the next little while for sure. Great. Awesome. Well, Liana, this has been great. I wish you a good night. Thank you again for coming. Uh, This has been incredible. So great. And I wish you all the best on your journey. Thank you so much. And you as well, Anna. Take care. (laughs) Namaste. Alrighty, so that's it for this episode with Liana Jane Lewis. If you have enjoyed and took some valuable lessons from it, I'd like to ask you to give back as usual and charge your karmic energy by sharing this episode with a girlfriend who possibly is also in this kind of edgy transition state and who's afraid to step into the new stage of her life and just trust herself and doesn't know how to tackle her fears i'm sure this this episode will benefit greatly um for anyone who is in this kind of weird state especially if they have you know young children or stepping into like a completely new industry or want to transition from an old job to a new one trust me she and i will be forever grateful you can share this episode straight from your podcasting app or simply send her to girlskill.com slash 43. Oh my goodness, 43 episodes. Can you imagine? <laughs> and if you haven't managed to take note of all of the tools and resources Liana mentioned in this episode, no worries. You can get all of them in the show notes at girlskill.com slash 43. Have an awesome week running with the wolves and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined. Redefined.